Eli has a saying, um, if you follow what you love, the money will come. Yeah. Um, mm. It's not my belief, but uh, like I believe him enough. Money always comes. To try it. Yeah. And, and it was true. Hey, what is going on? Welcome to the Wake Up Warrior podcast. I have two of my favorite people here with us today. Uh, these are my breadcrumb people. I got Eli and Steph. Eli and Steph, please say hey. Hey. So uh, I actually met Eli and Steph from back in the day at uh, Primavera Preschool. They were parents of uh, two beautiful young ladies at Ava's Preschool. And, you know, through parties and all that, uh, with them just being super dope, uh, I've latched on and become uh, their, I'm a breadcrumb kid. I just, I follow what they do. They're a little bit ahead of me. And I've been super fortunate to get to know both of them. So thank you both for that. For sure. We're grateful uh, to get to know you. I mean, come on. Uh, Eli, I, I've reached out to you a couple of times, man, just, uh, just as a, as a man, as a father, as a husband, you've modeled some amazing things for me and I appreciate that. And Steph, you're dope. I mean, somehow, uh, this guy got you. So I, I, I'm, I'm hoping to find my Steph one day. Uh, <laughs> so why Steph and Eli are here is because both of them, uh, had the courage, the tenacity, the audacity to change careers you know, a little bit later in life, they're both very well established and found the courage to change careers. And I wanted to just have them come on and talk a little bit more about that. Uh, both of you, who, whichever you wants to go, how did you get over that initial fear? I mean, I, I hear a lot of parents talk about All right, I'll go first. Yeah, so that's I, how I know. That's how I know Steph runs shit because Eli was like, "Baby, who? who check. Who, is double it? check. Make sure. Confirm. Now we can proceed. There yes, yes. So, I think, I think our stories are going to be very, very different on this particular one, and um, I think it's just kind of how we see the world. And when, when before we got married, and then as getting married, and then changing as your married you kind of build off of the person and you grow with that person um i have always been a person who explores tries new things uh i you know i see something i go oh i'm curious what it's like to um bake multi-layer cakes i'm gonna learn how to do that oh i wonder what it's like to be a stand-up comedian i'm gonna try that that oh, is the engineer. Like to do this. i'm gonna try that so i'll just try things i don't I don't mind the, I enjoy the journey of like figuring things out. And I come from a, a family of, we are always exploring and trying things. My parents are very, uh, you know, oh, you know, I wonder what it's like to make a perfume. I'm going to try that. I wonder what it's like to make a, uh, this particular thing. I'm going to try that. Like we don't, we don't hesitate. So that's just. The is culture. that where the, is that why engineering was an easy choice for you? I think engineering was the choice of trying not to be Poe. I got a, you know, life, you, you learn, you, you grow up through different, um, phases of life. My kids are very different life than my life. Right. Mm. So, you know, I like watching shows like blackish cause you see, you go, okay, I relate to that story. My kids didn't, uh, are, are living, uh, uh, a different existence. They have a different reality than I had. Without but, a doubt. Yeah. So I think my family's just always adventurous trying things i think that culture was put in me 
and and I've always had that in life. So um, career wise, to the real the main question you asked, I had been working in the investment banking industry um, in a technology role, different roles along the way, trying different things, but um, in the investment banking industry for 20 years, I want to say 20, 20 years. Yeah. And that's when and, we met. Uh, I, I was there when we met. Yes. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. So I was working at, at JP Morgan Chase at the time and you know, I actually no. I think I was at an, I was at a startup at the time. I was at a, a, a financial services startup. And so I've always been in the financial services industry and that's just kind of the lane I was in. And I think when you come out of college and you start your career, sometimes you join one industry and you kind of just build in that industry. And I had done it for a really, really long time. And I just kind of had this itching interest to try something else. Um, I had a colleague that was at Google, I had some other colleagues at other tech companies. I always had, was curious about working at tech companies and I wanted to do something that felt like it had large social, positive social impact at scale. So okay. about like financial services, often the work you're doing is more about like, how do we take money and make more money? Whereas if I look at a place like Google, where I work now, a lot of the things we're trying to do, we're thinking about how are we helpful to society? How are we helpful to people? How do our tools make life easier for people, helpful to people, bring them the information that they need and make it easily accessible? So uh, a lot of the things that Google was doing was just were really appealing to me. And so I began pursuing uh, a career change, um, similar types of functions of work in terms of the skills that I've learned along the way, but a very different industry and culture than what I had. Was that an easy switch for you? Like as soon as you decided you were on the hunt for it or like what, what obstacles did you come up against and how did you get over them? I think the obstacles is a mix. So you first have the obstacle of, the, the mental hurdle of, do I want to switch what's become uh, something I know a lot about and give up a lot of uh, credibility from an expertise standpoint and start that again? And that wasn't too bad of a hurdle to kind of get over for me. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm fine to take a new challenge. Uh, then there's the hurdle of, am I on the path that is good for me as Eli, good for my wife, good for my kids, you know, spiritually, mentally, or is this the right thing to do? And that one, even after I took the job, I'm still like, mm, and I'm happy. I know it's the right thing I did, but there's always that piece of you that's like, oh, was it, am I on the right pathway in life? Uh, you know, is this where God wants me? Is this where I'm headed? And then um, ultimately though, I think, the hurdles are just things you either do or you don't do. And then once you do it, you have to push. And then the hurdles are like interviewing and pressing and keep pursuing, pursuing, pursuing. I think I was interviewing with Google for over a year. Wow. Until the job landed. I think I might have had like 18 different interviews before. Did you know from the get that you're going to have to move from Florida to New York? Was that like a from the from the no. onset? Did you know that was the thing? No, I, I attempted to stay local. That was step one. Like, how do I not leave? I, I really liked 
living in Tampa. I love the sun. Hey, we miss you guys. Come on back. People. I love my people like yourself. Um, I didn't, I wasn't urgent to leave Tampa. I, how was that uh, conversation? How'd that conversation go once you realized you had to, um, obviously I'm sure there's a family conversation. How did you two approach that? Um, especially since at the time you were working as well. I was not. Steph was, was good. Eager to stay in Tampa. She was good. She, oh, she was she ready. Had, <laughs> she had mentally yeah, checked out and was, was good to go. I think she was ready for an adventure. So I guess, and you could talk about your yourself and your mindset, but I think Stephanie is a, a person of geographic adventure, always ready for the next location. Um, so, or, or travel or sightseeing or whatever. I, I though, moving wise, um, I think we came to a, a resolution on it, but I, I was supposed to move to California. And so we were planning to go to California first. That was the whole plan. Pandemic hit, you know, life hits, all of that. And I think during that cycle of pandemic and COVID, it was just a, a reflection on our longer term values. What do we want for ourselves? What do we want for our kids? Um, we wanted them to have more of a relationship with their grandparents, with their cousins, mm. with their aunts and uncle, you know, aunts and uncles. Um, we wanted more of that and moving back to where we where we grew up, New York. And that Northeast vibe is unmatched. Yeah, Northeast is Northeast. It's unmatched. Like, yeah. So, I mean, I think we just kind of were like, you know what, let's move back, settle in up north. And Google, you know, was flexible about that. So. And my man, so obviously it sounds like my man Eli, he was like, you know what, I want this, I'm gonna go after it and go get it. Steph, you when we met were a counselor at a school. Yeah, actually I'm a school psychologist. Psychologist, my apologies. And and so then you transitioned to now you are an author writing children's books, which is, I mean, that jump is astronomical, completely different. I mean- Similar yeah. audience, mm-hmm. but a f- wildly different perspective while reaching that audience. Mm-hmm. How, was that, I mean, how did that journey even begin? Um, probably decades ago. I've always just been someone who I enjoy writing and I like creative pursuits. I'm always into something new, whether I think I've done like pottery and writing and just different i'm always making something and some for sure both of you very very creative yeah Yeah. but i'm different than eli in that i don't just jump into things like i feel like i have to get credentials i need a degree before i do something like full speed ahead i don't need credentials facts i'll catch them i'm with you i'll catch them on the way so there's not really a writing credential other than a book right like how did you how did you find the well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, you can go to school for writing. You can get an MFA and um, you okay. can get the credentials. Um, I did not. <laughs> um, but I think a little bit you of get some study. Yeah, I totally yeah, yeah. Eli rubbed off on me a little bit. So I kind of took baby steps towards it. So while I was um practicing school psychology, I started taking courses uh in children's book writing. I eventually went part-time just to kind of test the waters a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um and then I think that what really pushed me over the line was like I started to have doors open. So I was able to get an agent. So that gave me a little more confidence. I was able to sell a book. 
a second book and that gave me more confidence and I think with each step I kind of was able to push myself a little farther. And so you had been writing for decades and you get this first break, this second break, obviously building the confidence, but when you were writing early on, did you see this version of things or when did you realize that you really wanted to take a shot at being an author exclusively? Yeah. I, I think I always dreamed about it. But I don't think I necessarily thought like that could be a reality. I remember saying even before we had kids, like, oh, when my kids are young, I'll, I'll write books during their nap time and, um, and I'll, I'll become an author that way. But you can't do a whole lot when your kids are napping. So oh, no, you try to nap too. Yeah. Yeah, I said yeah. you're trying to nap as well. Yeah. See, even the dog agrees all the time yeah for sure and so you so tell me a little bit more about the books that you're writing the stories that you're telling yeah um my first few books are just like family narratives um I feel like where I've been most successful in writing is just writing what I know Mm. so I've written about family and just like some meaningful relationships I've had as a child and um people connected with them which is interesting like so my my mom is cape verdean she's from her family's from the cape Verde islands and um there's just some cultural nuances that go along with cape Verdean culture and um i wasn't sure how much others would connect with it but uh there's a saying like the more specific you are in writing the more universal it becomes and editors liked it they could my my um my agent, her family's actually from China, and she was able to relate to different pieces that I was talking about, which was cool. Um, so I've, I've kind of dug into what I know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, that's that seems to be enough. What would you? What kind of advice would you give to someone who's thinking about taking that leap? Maybe I haven't written my first full book, or maybe I'm thinking about writing a novel as opposed to children's books. Like, what would you say are the first few steps to someone in that genre? that's thinking about going out and, you know, maybe even going part-time with it like you started out. Yeah. So I remember being in that seat maybe like um, 15 years ago, I had a coworker who wrote a book and I, was, and I knew I wanted to write a book at some point. I was like, how do you, like, how do you go about it? Like, do I, do I need to go take classes? She's like, honestly, just write it. <laughs> like that's what sets apart people who have books and who don't have books, just write it. Um, and the magic really happens in the revisions. So you, you get down your story or whatever you're writing on paper, and then it's a long process of revising and figuring out what message you're really trying to get across. Um, so that it sounds simple, but just the mere fact of putting it down on paper is uh, so the first step. What led to that for you? So obviously, I mean, the just writing, that was, that makes sense, right? Like you write it. Once you have it, then you can shop it, you can pitch it, all those things. Um, what was, was there a moment or were you just like, Hey, I'm just going to start writing. Like she said, or did you start writing back then? Um, so I, I started taking these classes, which kind of held me a little bit accountable. I had to handle Got assignments. So that, that uh, was a okay. part of something. Um, yeah, I did that. And then, um, I think once I went part-time with work that put the pressure on, cause I couldn't go part-time and not be feel like I was working towards something so um I just started taking a risk and honestly the when I did start writing it was bad it wasn't good at all <laughs> um but it's through that revising process that uh it becomes something worthwhile I love that you say that because I remember looking at my first YouTube videos yeah. and I'm like that dude is trash bro yeah. <laughs> yeah and then obviously you continue to do it and you know the more you do it the better at least you feel you get 
-hmm. You learn as you practice. For sure. And then so after you got the first one done and you have the agent and you're going, like, how did you guys, I and mean, what did you guys discuss about Steph going part-time? Right? Was that easy? Was that, um, was, as she started writing more, did you have, I mean, I, I don't know a better way to say it. Did you have money on the table for more books or was it kind of like, we're just going to take a shot and see what happens? I will say from my perspective, then, you know, I'll say this. I think in when you're trying to be your healthiest as a married couple, it's marriage is like, it's a journey. You're always learning. You're always growing. You're always figuring out how to be your best partner, be the best you can for your partner. Right? So when you first get married, sometimes you are, you're a little more selfish and the longer you're married, you're less selfish. Um, I think for me, I was very fine, very quick with Stephanie pursuing it. Even though, yes, I love having a dual income household. I also love my wife enough that I want her to be happy. And I'm think and I, I'm thoughtful. How do we give space for us to collectively share in the challenge, right? So I'm not here to say, oh, Stephanie, take 10 years and figure this out. But I think we were both on the same page. Like, okay, let's, let's see, let's, let's give yourself a year and let's see what happens and let's exist with one for the year and see where we go. And I think that also adds some pressure for her. It makes it open for me. I know we're not like, it's not forever. And then we'll reassess again later. And I'm sure she would do the same for, well, she did. I mean, when we moved to Tampa, we, I took a pay cut for us to move to Tampa. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that was me trying something different and, and exploring things. So I think we we you you do that in relationship. You you ebb and flow, and you you give those options. Right? Yeah, Eli has a saying: um, "If you follow what you love, the money will come." Yeah, um, mm. it's not my belief, but uh, like I believed him enough. Money to, always comes to try it, yeah. and and it was true. And that's from my dad. He would always say that. Like, we weren't very wealthy growing up, but no matter what, like, if we were like, oh, but we really want to be able to do this thing, he'd be like, be patient. The money, money always comes. Yeah. And you casual. just wait and be patient. And Listen, I've seen them. Yeah. It's coming. It's flowing. I've seen your parents, Eli. The money is coming. It's no. came. <laughs> listen it's done come so listen everybody because eli's dad's got it if you doing what you love the money will come you are a mess listen i've seen the family if he wants to sprinkle some of that come down to me yeah listen i'm just a sprinkle sprinkle like the like yes all the way and so uh so steph as as you're reaching out when you had this um did you was it an easy conversation to bring to him like hey i want to do this was it something that um, you were even ner like, was you nervous about it at all? Or did you feel that this, the relationship was strong enough that it wasn't really going to be an issue? Yeah, I think Eli brought the conversation to me more than I brought it to him. Oh, I love that. Because any of you need to do this. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm well, honestly, were... honest, I don't think I would have jumped out as quickly and as fast um, without 
Eli by my side for sure. Yeah, but you were not happy with your Yeah, and I think I had reached a place in what I was doing that um like it just didn't feel like what I was supposed to be doing anymore. Uh, and when you I've had a couple people here I've had a couple people here who have been in schools who have said the same like yeah. man, I just got to that point. Especially around that 2020, 2019 yeah, range. Sure. I've heard a lot. I mean, I've had a lot of, a, a few people on the show who have been in education that were like, yo, I had to go. Yeah, definitely makes yeah. you take a step back and prioritize for sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's not easy. I think for me, I think the biggest thing was that that was something I had trained to do. I had spent years in college and grad school. And um, I'm still paying student loans, so um, that that felt like a huge risk, um, but it it's it's paying off. And so now, as a writer, do you feel any pressure for the next book, or are you on a consistent flow? Like, is there a uh, is there a personal pressure? Like, okay, so this is paying the bills. Now we have to provide the content, or is it feeling pretty natural for you now that you're in it? Um, I think there's always pressure. Um, I, I did well with my first couple books and you want to keep the momentum going. I think right now I have this a little bit of a window because my first book doesn't come out until 2025. Um, so like the, my, 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 my goal is just to sell as many as possible, whatever that looks like. Um, but once I'm in the game, there's a whole nother piece to that. There's the business end, right? Like I have to be promoting my stuff and I have to be, out there and I have to be doing school visits and um, focusing more on the business side than I am right now. So, uh, Oh, okay. Is that, is that a part of the business that you just struggle with or is it just something you haven't had enough time to pay yeah. to? I'm definitely an artist um, much more than I am a business person. <laughs> so yeah, totally. So um, I'm glad for the time to kind of grow into that too, because I know it's, as important, if not more important, to get your work out there. I think it's probably similar, Joe, to you as a content creator, right? Like there's the content creation side. If all you did was create the content, but you didn't help to build the funnels for people to access it and be informed and aware, awareness and access have to come with cre content creation. So, Got it. You know, Steph has the access, right? Because she has people that are going to publish it and distribute it and stores and all that kind of stuff. And she has the content she's creating, but the awareness piece, you have to, you have to build that and work on that. That's part. very intentional. For sure. I, I, I saw somewhere, I actually was listening to a podcast and the guy says a leader without followers is just a guy taking a walk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I definitely. So, um, with that, so actually, um, where, especially Steph, I mean, I, Eli will have people follow you as well, but to help Steph out, um, she's got some great books, some great concepts coming your way. Where can we find you specifically, Steph? Where are you, or where are you going to be promoting the book? Is it a website? Is it a, uh, an, in a specific IG outside of just yours? Where can people start to understand more about what you're writing about? and who your stories uh, might connect with. Yeah, if you're interested in coming for the ride, um, I have an IG account. I'm on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Steph, S-T-E-F, not a P-H, S-T-E-F, Foster Brown. Um, yeah, and I, I, I want to be pretty transparent about each step of the game and 
um, when I do my launch and when I start selling books. And so it should be fun. I'm super excited for that. Um, as far as, I mean, listen, I've already said that both of you have been such an archetype to follow. Um, as far as supporting your partner, as, as far as, um, I guess, handling some of these major transitions, what are some advice that you would give to those who are listening who might be struggling, right? Maybe struggling to understand why someone would want to take this leap and also might be struggling to bring it to their partner because they feel it's too much. So from birth, both perspectives, what was some advice that you might share with them? Um, I think kind of break that big leap into phases and, and find like, if you're doing something else right now, but you want to be doing something totally different, find what part of that you can manage with what you're doing right now. Um, some piece of it. So for me, that looked like just starting to take classes um, mm. and then gradually add to that and, and just see how it, how it feels, how it goes. Digestible bites. Okay. I love that. What about you, E? Um, I think there's a few pieces. Um, sometimes I don't think it has anything to do with your, your partner, spouse, whoever, right? Like there's, there's some work to do beforehand. Are you, mm really driven to do that thing are you talented to do that thing just because you like said my wife talented so it was easy he said my baby was talented so i was she got it but not everybody does so you need to i got it that, that is actually a, that you might have to that's a conversation it. people do need to have, they gotta have yeah that conversation with themselves because it might be a longer journey because you need to build that skills you could have passion is great Passion without skills and talent takes a long time to get there. Mm. And so I think you have to have some of that conversation because you can't just show up to your spouse and be like, or whoever, you know, or just to yourself and be like, I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to become a singer. I'm, I'm doing this. And you, you can't sing. Can't hold a note. Can't hold a note. Or mm. no, or no you, lyrics. Yeah. Or you. you I want to. I want to become a fitness content creator. I want to become a wellness, fitness, lifestyle, health creator. And you out here looking like a hot, crusty mess. Nobody's. A, you can't do that. You have to figure it out Got first. It. And then, I do love yeah. Steph's comment about her content was really just a reflection of the life that she lived and the culture that she's coming from. I think one of the things that we miss so much, right? And Eli just kind of touched base on it is you don't have to preach to anyone. If you're living what you're, if you're living it, they'll see it, they'll feel it. You can talk about all kinds of things, but yeah. uh, if they don't see it, hear it, feel it come through naturally, it's just not going to hit. It's not. No, it's true. I think some things are just innately there. No, you got it. Yeah. Yeah, you got to speak from a place that you know. Yeah. And I think in a relationship, your spouse knows you. The longer you're together, your spouse sometimes knows you better than yourself. Yeah, so. they can call you out on stuff too. Like, that's not you. Yeah. yeah. I like, think I had a few stories that Eli was like, why are you writing that? Like, yeah. yeah. Like, that's, yeah, that's a no. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we, you, 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 you learn and grow together and, you know, and you figure it out. But yeah, like Stefan, we'll call each other out on things mm -hmm. that we're just. Yeah. Like, honesty too. Yeah. Honesty. 
just opening up. Honesty. And letting it flow. No offense. They were trying not to be offended. That's a worse product. Almost like understanding that there's positive intent no matter how I say this. There's not always positive intent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. At least you're honest with it. He's like, yo, listen, I... I wouldn't say that. I'm coming at you. I would say that. Purposefully. But you know, trying not to be offensive. Trying not to be offended. That's that's the word, right? You're always trying not to be offended. What is the thing that you so, so I guess with these new careers, right? What is the thing that even now that you're afraid to shoot for that you know that you want? Right? What is the next thing? And maybe it's not completely next. Um, for me, I would say it's um, taking the business fully online, right? Like some of the, like this year is a big transition for me because I've gone from, I love the, love the coaching, but really going into more of the content creating because it, that is the thing that sets me on fire. And for a long time, I've been really afraid just to be like, I love being on stage. I love getting in front of people and bringing stories and, you know, bringing people that I respect like you to, to the, to, like having people understand that we're all going through the same stuff through stories and people that I love. I, that really for me is so much, like you said, just me and Ava say it differently. We say, do what you love to make money. Don't make money to do what you love. And that's what I'm trying to do and be, you know, an example of what is the thing uh, that you currently, if you don't mind sharing, are afraid to admit that you want, if anything. Uh, with your current career role or something different? What do you got? Um, a bestseller. I'm not afraid to admit that, though. <laughs> hey, okay. Okay. What is it? What is it? Um, I don't think I have something at this point. Perfect. That's just, dope. That's been a work in progress. But, yeah, I want it all. I want awards. I want a bestseller. Yeah. Eli? I don't have an afraid to admit that I might have things that I'm hesitant to do. Pursue. And pursue like. Just because you have phases of life, you got to figure out like where, you know, um, what you can and can't do it and at what time. I think I eventually, like in my current job, I, I'm I'm more thoughtful about how we get the business as a whole, the entire company to kind of work well? How do we get different stakeholders to partner with each other in, in really strategic, effective ways? And that's great. Okay. I, I enjoy that. And ultimately, everything that we do or that I do serves in some part Google's broader missions and is trying to be helpful to others. I would like to move myself with time closer to the philanthropic sides of that. So okay, where are we doing things that are helping, you know, kids and families or helping nonprofits or helping tangibly like specific challenges that are social in nature, not so just commercial. And so I think that's probably what's next. But I don't know a time or anything. And I think for now, I got to just like focus on getting the kids out the house. 
I, I hear actually that leads me to one of the questions that has been pretty consistent here on the show. Uh, what do you see as the third chapter for you each individually, but also as a couple? So the third chapter being the kids are out of the house. You know, you obviously have a strong relationship, it seems, together now. But, you know, things seem to open up when you have, you're not consistently daily involved in the kids' lives. Have you guys put any thought into that? Have you guys had any conversations about that yet? Well, we're first. That's number one. They're second. So let's just be Okay. Let's go into that a little bit. I love to hear. I personally love to hear that. Break that down for us. Well, I think you have to always keep, I think that's what you're saying about, you know, sometimes people are like, well, I've, it's been the kids, the kids, the kids, and then my kids leave. And then what do I do? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. And that's how that person chose to navigate their relationships. But ultimately, Stephanie was here before the kids and Stephanie will be here after the kids. So Stephanie's first. And then after Ooh. Stephanie, they are right there. Well, God, Stephanie, then them, right? So, yeah, so that true. that's the order. That's the order. God, Stephanie, then them, and and that's great. And and I, when they're married, I should fall below their spouse. That's how it should work, right? So I think when they we're raising strong, capable women who are going to do great things, and when they go off and do great things, we're probably going to be around supporting them and helping them. But we're probably also going to be traveling and pursuing other dreams that we have and things that we want to do. And and by then, hopefully not having as many uh, bills and places we got to drive them on the weekends. <laughs> so, yeah. So it'll be hopefully just enjoying. My man said I want to travel and have less bills. Yeah. That's it. What about you, Steph? Are you... Are you riding into are you writing into the sunset or do you see that transitioning into something else? Yeah, no, that's the goal. I, I, I'd be perfectly happy if I wrote into the sunset. I'd love to get to the point where maybe um we could pick up and go live, I don't know, in, in Brazil for three months and then come back. Hey, do some service work in another location. Yeah, you're talking or, my language, um, but, but we don't yeah. want to wait for the kids to graduate for that. No, that's no. something we want to do with them. Yeah, those are the, the things next, we would um, do with them. Yeah, yeah, that, that's in like the next decade. Oh, so you guys would go with them three months to Brazil yeah. while they're in school? Uh, summers, Every summers, yeah. yeah Some, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's a smooth move. I love that. I'd say that's the next goal, right? How do we figure that one out and get that going? I love that you guys are, I, first of all, I love the idea that you are putting each other first. Um, I, I did see one person, Eli, that was missing. Where where do you stack up in that list of important people? You know, I think that has been my biggest item I've, I've been figuring out post 40, somewhere along the way. I fell out of the stack um, and I'm, I'm, I'm re learning myself and refiguring out what I want and refiguring out what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what makes me healthy, um, what makes me mentally sound, what makes me emotionally strong. Like those things are, have been, I think those, those, we, we, you, I didn't realize, and you knew me in a time where I was doing a lot of, serving and working and volunteering and, and, you know, you you give, you give, you give, you're trying to do a lot of those things and you don't realize you're not saving space for yourself. 
Mm. And then when the pandemic hit and we were just, there's so many things thrown at us. I think that was like the last little bit that just kind of broke off. And I, I, I think with the last, I'd say the last year, I've started to become way more thoughtful mm-hmm. and intentional. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's work. It's not easy. Like it's a lot of work to figure that out. So where do I fit in the equation? I don't, I don't know if I figured that out yet, but I would say, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I'm figuring that out. I'm refiguring that out. And Steph in a, in a, in a family of five, if you count the dog, uh, how do you find time to carve out for yourself? Um, good question (laughs) um yeah i think you have to be intentional about it there are some seasons in my life when i'm better at it than others um i'm fortunate enough to be pursuing that something that like fills me up so it's not just like Mm. a a job but like it feels so good to me and it it like nurtures me um so that i guess in the form of my work is self-care in some ways because i i love it um, I enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That 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 does feel good to be able to go and do something on a regular basis that is also for you. Like you guys were saying, you know, the money will come. Do something that you care about because it just makes sense that that would make life mm-hmm. more fulfilling. Like I, I know a lot of people who will straight up say, you know, like you know, work is work, and you know, I'll play when I'm off, and it's like. You spend so much time yeah. Yeah. there at work. Yeah. But the mentality that, that I, I, this is just to get to, like, why wouldn't you turn that into something that... 100% agree. I think it that actually connects to your first question, too, about what were the motivators to pursue something different, right? Like, if mm. you're not being... If you're not excited about getting up on Monday morning there's a problem that you need to figure out in terms of your career and your job and what you do with your time. And uh, I don't think we were necessarily, well, I wasn't miserable, but I, I was happy with my job, but I also knew things that I wanted to pursue. And so if you're not gonna, if you wanna do those things, do them. And when you're doing something you enjoy, it helps to nourish you and, um, yeah, the job I have now is very good about wellness and care of its employees and being thoughtful about creating a healthy environment for them. And it's great. Yeah. And the reality is in life, like you're there, you're not always going to be able to do things that you love to do. Like there are steps to get there, yeah. but you can find ways to bring pieces of those things that you love into your life, whatever form or amount of time that you do have. So I think you kind of have to um, just make life work for where you are in that season. I think you can mostly do what you, I disagree. I think you can mostly do what you love to do, but you have to be willing to make the, go on the pendulum of sacrifices because you're doing the things you love to do. Right. So yeah. some, you know, it's like the kid who graduates from college and they, or the person who takes the job that is practical because it pays the bills or the person that's willing to not get the house, but get the one bedroom apartment and, and do the thing they love to do because they'd rather do that and not have the, the luxury lifestyle. So I guess you can't have it all at once, but um, you can have pieces of what you want. 
I hear you. I'm curious if we could all have it all at once. It just may take like like uh, Eli was talking about the pendulum. Like maybe we start off at one, but consistency, we get more added to the bucket, right? Like maybe it's almost like shopping. Yeah. It's like I know the list of things that I want, and as I go through this the, the grocery store. I'm putting more in the cart and more in the cart. And hopefully before I check out, <laughs> before I leave the grocery store of life, hopefully I've added enough things to the basket to where I am full, uh, even if it didn't start out that yeah, way. Yeah. And and finding contentment, because that's different than like wanting it all, right? Like I'm mm. pursuing being, finding the place of being content. That's really hard. I don't think people register that sometimes like you sometimes you can be pursuing you can still pursue more and more and more are you Mm -hmm. content with where you're at yeah are you happy with where you are right now i i do see and feel like happiness is uh the difference between what your actual reality is and what you think your reality should Mm be Mm -hmm. you know so i i feel like i am pretty ambitious i feel like i do have some you know lofty desires but i am really happy right now yeah, yeah. really happy with my life right now although i do want more but i feel like those people who are happy or i'm sorry unhappy have this idea of oh my life should be my relationship should be like no nah, this is what it's at and if you want that that difference go get it yeah but to think that it should just be there now i think is where that unhappiness is because it's a it's expecting a futuristic possibility in the moment that you either haven't worked for or isn't yeah, there. Expectations. Yeah. So before we get going, what uh, any questions that you guys have for me? I mean, I know I get to see you guys. You know, I I reach out here and there. We talk a little bit. Any questions? Any things that um has come up throughout the interview that you want to touch I on? I want to hear from you. you. You asked us the question: What's something you're afraid to admit that you really want to see? But how would you answer that question? I would, I mean, I, I think, I, I think I'm doing it now. I think that was the thing, like the switching to being more content driven to, you know, I think I've forever, uh, I wanted to find a voice and I wanted people to listen and I wanted to be like that guy. And I don't think I was ever really okay with admitting that. Like I remember, uh, I remember trying out for, I think it was like musical in high school and I killed the dance and I killed the speaking part, but I knew if I sang, it would become a reality. Like if I was good or not, like was I, and I just like happened to miss the singing part and never did it. And, you know, I, I had that, oh, like I probably was good enough, but like who, like, you know, I, I, because I never closed the loop, I was able to like keep the idea that no, I could, but I just didn't, you know, I couldn't finish that one part. And for me, I think uh, this is it. I mean, definitely right now I'm trying to lean into it as much as possible. And that's a daily uh, pleasure and a struggle because some days it's like, damn, this sucks. Or like, can I, you know, like self for me, self-doubt just doesn't go away. It's just something that I have to continue to climb on, you know, like some days it's there and I have to, like I have my little checklist and I try and get through my checklist and that day is a little bit more arduous than the day when I'm like, yo, you are that, bro. You are that dude. Yeah. Uh, that, that, I think this is it right now uh, for the longest time. And that, that's kind of where the question became, it comes from because uh, I'm sitting in it constantly. 
uh, and finally admitting like, yo, this is who I am and who I want to be. And hopefully enough people, like you said, uh, niche down. I mean, I love talking to parents, teachers, and leaders. That's why we're here now. I love, uh, the journey of being a dad. I love coaching. Um, and as a person, I love, uh, helping connect, you know, I, I, in my email, uh, email signature says bridge builder, getting people from that A to B is, there are a few things that I get to do on a regular basis that I enjoy more. So hopefully, uh, I can turn that into a little bit of Skrilla. <laughs> well, you seem very, very happy and like comfortable in what you're doing. It's getting there. Yeah, man. Slow and steady. Well, we, I mean, we were Slow and steady. We were doing the food camps. We would come yeah, to. Yeah. Camp. Oh, yeah. You guys used to come to the boot camp. It's actually interesting. Um, when you were talking about Steph, the promoting, the you know, getting your stuff out there, instantly in my head, I'm like, <clears throat> you got a guy sitting right next to you who, whether he likes it or knows it or not, loves that stuff. When I used to talk about content creation, when I used to talk about the podcast, when I used to talk about any, oh, so how are you? What do you like? He would, he was all in on that type of creativity i would be is there a dream team meet the browns breadcrumb business is that a possibility because i know my man eli likes that behind the scenes uh like you said project management execution Eli always has, she has an idea of the day, not even the week, the day of the day. Um, so yeah, we're always brainstorming and thinking about what's next. I don't know. No. <laughs> so what I said was, is there a possibility? Like, you know, she has her world. I have to respect <laughs> the space and let her do her thing. And I will be here when she need anything forever and always but you have to know <laughs> well, you need to mind your business <laughs> i love it i absolutely love it thank you to everyone who came through to the wake up warrior podcast today thank you eli and steph for joining us uh if you're a parent teacher or leader um and struggling with any of these things please take the nuggets that they have given us whether it's you taking that leap yourself whether it's a partner who is on the brink of it and you you could be the the catalyst that helps them really understand that it's okay to take that opportunity. Um, I really appreciate everyone for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to share it. Subscribe to the channel. If you're listening on one of the podcast platforms, please leave a review. Five stars is always the best. If you thought it was shit, just give me one more episode, please. Please. Just don't. don't th- review the next one. Review the podcast on the next one, please. Uh, but to everyone, I really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the wake up. Be well. Take care.